A huge shout-out of thanks to our major sponsor, Pertech. If you have Pertech on your team, they will never let you down. Visit Pertech at pertech.com.au. Welcome team today, I'm so excited to have a Premiership winning NRLW coach, but also I want to go somewhere with you, John Strange, I should introduce you first, John Strange, Premiership winning NRL coach at the Sydney Roosters, but John, I want to go straight away to talk to the parents out there, because you actually amaze me that you're a coach in the NRL, but I think, possibly, I haven't checked, I probably should, you're possibly the only coach to have a son who's playing NRL and a daughter who's playing NRL. So let's talk straight to the parents on that topic and then I want to go with you on your own journey and influences you've had and lessons that you may share with our listeners. Our listeners are usually coaches, teachers, trainers, leaders, business leaders, but when I say leaders, parents are the ultimate leaders out there. Mm. So I want to talk straight to the parents because first of all, that must make you proud. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, definitely this year. Um, you know, like Jazzy debuted for us actually last year, and then moved on to the onto the Knights, um, yeah. which was yeah, fair enough, I guess. You wanted to be coached by someone that wasn't a dad. Um, hey, well, there's a topic coaching yeah. against your daughter. Yeah, really hard. That Ooh. was yeah. I didn't think it would be, um, yeah. but a decision to go to the Knights, you know, I, I agreed with. Basically, yeah. she wanted to make it on her own accord, and you know, without dad being the coach so she went there and had a really good year and then when we actually played them um, up there in round eight uh, we weren't traveling too too well in the second half so the second half we went and sat on the sideline and we're all down by um four um and then tamika scored a second try um and then with 15 to go we were still in the game and then jazzy actually scored and the excitement on her face i think it was personal to her yeah and i was just sitting there going this is it's it's tough it was yeah and, and it was probably harder that night when she she came home and she hadn't been home for a couple of months because she was living in newcastle so she came home to the central coast and had a bit of a spring in a step and, and rubbed it in so <laughs> that whole experience um it wasn't great but you yeah. know um it, it is what it is but yeah having having both kids you know, Ethan debut for the Raiders um, back into this year was, yeah, it was really special. It was a special moment. Right. So if we are talking to the parents out there, lessons uh, along the way and experiences along the way. So you coached them as juniors. Coaching your own kids, what's that like? Different for both, to be honest, because they're different players and different human beings. So Ethan, I started coaching him from under sixes. Um, right. when it was just fun, um, you know, just um, learning how to tackle, learning all the, the core skills of the kids. And he was with a really good group of kids and, and the parents, to be honest. The parents are, can be a little bit tricky when you're coaching uh, junior level. So we had great parents, great kids. Uh, it was good fun. And then as he started to, to develop, um, I just wanted to make sure when I was coaching him that everything was fair, you know, because you hear about coaches you know, yeah. fathers coaching their sons and, yeah. you know, oh, you know, is he getting extra attention or is he getting more ball, for example. So I remember when they turned nine, we had a really good crop of kids, uh, the Entrance Tigers, and, and I gave them a system at the start of the year, I gave them the jersey, and yeah. the number that they had on is they would take it in turns of running. So just to make sure that it was all fair. It was all fair, yeah. Yeah, um, and I made a, a real point to the kids and the parents that the score didn't matter as well. Yeah, um, I remember one year went from 10s to 11s and a new kid had come over from another club and boys played their first game and they were really good good footy players so they won by whatever, I don't know. Uh, yeah. The parent, new parent came over and go, oh, what was the score we just win by? And, and I made a point to him in front of everyone that was there to say we don't keep score. Um, yeah. You know, it's not about that, I just want to make sure the kids are having fun developing obviously but just having fun with their mates. So. Yeah, so that journey with coaching Ethan, then when he got older into the into the reps, um, it's when I sort of stepped aside. Did you? Know? you? Yeah. So you didn't coach him when he was older? Um, I was involved with, because he would come through our Central Coast system, Central yep. Coast Roosters, so I was involved um, running that program, uh, but I did step away from actually being head coach, but I was still in, in and around the side. Yeah. Um, because yeah. you mentioned some interesting things there. I mean, 
the first thing you want to try to do as a coach is inject a love of the game into the kids. So yep. you obviously did that really well. And then it, around about that 15, 16 age, it would be interesting if you were coaching him then. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's, there's little lessons there around like, I'd like to know about challenges of coaching your own kids. You kind of hinted that it might be challenging with parents sometimes or, or the perception, or what about the pressure on him? Because, mm. yeah, that, that seems to be, I mean, we had Ivan Cleary on this episode. Um, yeah. I know you listened to that one, and, yeah. and Ivan talked about that won't go away. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. his son is the world's best player, and he still used to have yeah. people perceive it as his son was only there because he was there. Yeah. And he's the world's best yeah. player. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was ne like that, that family are the most beautiful family, never put any pressure on kids like that. But yeah. some of the treatment they may receive or yeah. perceptions from people, did you come up against that? Because your son was obviously very talented. Yeah, not so much with Ethan, because he was, you know, one of the better, better kids coming through. Yeah. Um, for me, look, there might have been there that things talk with parents, yeah. you know, that I didn't know it's possible. Um, but I, I felt like when it got to, <coughs> pardon me, when it got to the rep program where they're all good kids, they're all talented. Yeah. That's when I wanted to step aside because I, I felt like that could have been perceived then because they're all good kids. Yeah. You know, suddenly, right, if, okay. you know, if, if I'm the coach and Ethan's the captain, he's kicking off, he's kicking for goal, he's there doing all go. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, yeah. yeah, so I made a conscious effort when he got to that level that I definitely stepped, stepped away from being his coach and still helped him um, off the field. You yeah. know, um, but yeah, just definitely in that environment, I thought it was important to. to That's interesting, because we've we've done the opposite. So I never coached my kids at a young age, and because of uh, always being in a profile job, I felt that was too much pressure on them then. Yep. Real young, and it's only when they're now fifteen and they've asked me to coach. Yep. That I'm happy to coach. Yep. And it's at a different level now where they're. I'm quite happy that I never was involved when they were younger, which, I, you know what, no, I listened to your journey, it probably would have been cool that those fun yeah. years, you know? Yeah. But now I've got a crop of kids that are looking to be a bit more serious and, and they're asking, they're now asking for yep. um, my help, which is a bit different because with that, like you say, it's still, there's challenges there yeah. because I, you want to protect them from that pressure and that noise that yep. exists. Mm. But a bit like Ivan, like Ivan's advice to me was, mate, that's going to be there. Yeah, it is. It's going it to be there. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, if your kid's good, like yep. yours, your kids are good. Yeah. If your kid's good, then it's yep. a, you know, it opens up for that yeah. kind of commentary behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah, it's a challenge. But I, I also, um, I respect even your decision where you decided to step back. Mm. Where I've started stepping in, where I was always back. And now, yeah, 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 yeah. But in fact, for a lot of years, I didn't even, um, I didn't even have my kids in that sport. They played other sports. Yep. So it was really cool to just yeah. stay, a stay yeah. away. Yeah. You know, I always said I'd love it when they one day ask for help. Yep. And um, I mean, they're always surrounded with help if they want it. You, as you know, in the work that I've yeah. been involved in. Yeah. But it's an interesting journey you had yeah. there and you made a decision to step back yeah. for them. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a tough decision because I'd become really close to all the kids. Yeah. Uh, they, they felt like they were all my sons, to be honest. So yeah. when I stepped back, um, I wanted to make sure I got, you know, asked the coach to come in that I felt like would respect the time needed to put into these kids. Yeah. Um, and he's a, he's a guy, he's actually, his name's Jack Ellis and he's our Howard Matts coach on the Central Coast. So he's actually yeah. stayed... Um, with a lot of these kids and he just bumps through the different ages in our rep program. Yeah. Because uh, he's someone who's just put a lot of time, you know, he's pretty obsessed about it, uh, yep. about rugby league. And that's so I asked him to take on my son's team when I stepped away. And then he's, um, yeah, and he's yeah, done a great job. So for me, I wasn't going to sort of step away and just go, well, whoever wants to coach, coach, because I felt like I'd put a lot of work in um, around them understanding the game. Um, yeah. as well as building all their skills up. I didn't certainly didn't want that to go backwards with all the boys because, like I said, they all, and they're, they're Ethan's, they're going to be lifelong mates with you, yeah. you know, from under sixes. And whenever I see them out, you know, they come up and, you know, rub me bald head and call me baldy and rip into yeah. me. But it's, 
it's those connections you, that you build uh, yeah. as a coach. But um, so in that regard, I knew I had to step away from my own son, um, but also wanted to make sure that they were still going to progress. Well, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to step away, you want to make sure you've got someone there yeah. that you trust. Yeah. Yeah. What about the difference in coaching males and females? Like you're coaching females now at at a very elite level. We're sitting, I'm looking over Allion Stadium now. Um, if we could turn the camera, we've got yeah. beautiful Allion Stadium in the in the background there, which you coached the team. The first team to ever run on this stadium was, was the yeah. NRLW team, the Roosters. Isabel yeah. Kelly led them out. Talk to me about that coaching girls, females, or women, yeah. elite yeah. women, compared to coaching men. How have you yeah. found that? Oh, I love it. Um, I, sort of, I fell into coaching the women, to be honest. Um, in 2019, um, I spoke to Joe Kelly, the CEO, um, about putting a Central Coast Roosters Harvey Norman women's team in up on the coast because at the Roosters we had uh, Tasha Gale and NRLW and we were losing girls for the first couple of years um, to other clubs before they actually got to NRLW. So, yeah, we started a team up there in 2020. It was our first year. Um, we had a coach um, in to do it, and I was just yep. overseeing that that team and the other teams. Yep. Uh, and then she had to sort of move away from it in the pre-season with work. It was too much for us. So I made a few phone calls um, to coaches that I knew on the coast, and no one was able to do it. So no. as it turned out, um, I just jumped in and said, yeah, well, look, I'll, I'll take it. I, I didn't have that much time for coaching because my main role was development manager for the Central Coast Roosters. But... When I started coaching them, I realised really quickly that um, there's, a, there's a really big difference. And the main thing for me, like as a coach, I like explaining to the players like why I want you to do something. Um, and because there's a reason, there's a reason why for me as a coach, you ask them to do anything. Yeah. Um, so the difference for me, you know, I've coached men before, you'd, you'd say, right, for example, like I want you to get to... Um, the three in defender and get the inside shoulder and then you know put a play on out here and we're going to bring that defender in and you'd explain it and the boys would understand it and they go yeah sweet no worries turn around they go and do it but the girls what i found they they want to know why and that's what i loved so we'd say well i want you to bring that defender in because that'll open up that space for that attacker so they really absorb everything um yeah. and and for me that's that's why that's the main difference and that's why I love, you know, and I've had offers to go into the men's space over the last couple of years, but I want to stay where I am because it's really rewarding. Like they take it in yep. and then they go out there and, and execute it on the field. And I, and I feel like because the, the, the girls want to really understand, I feel like in pressure situations when they're under fatigue, they're more likely to execute that play because they have really absorbed it and, and wanted to know the reason why instead of going, oh yeah, he just wants me to get there, bang, I'll go and do it. Um, so that's a, that's a big difference for me and it's, it's, like I said, it's the main reason why I want to stay, stay coaching them. Well, that's very interesting because I've said it so many times on this podcast, the best athletes or, or even players that I've ever worked with are, are true students. Yep. They are students of their game. The, the, the best just love studying the game. They're not, it's not a chore. Yeah. You know, but you've basically described the female player yeah. as a very good student. Yeah. And pretty much all of them. Yep. Yeah. In the male space, there's some that that progress their way through being just very athletic, very mm. powerful, very strong, very good players. They might, they've got certain skills, but yeah. my opinion is the absolute best. They love the film room. Yeah. They love the video room. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll go home and study. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, you've just described the female player as a real student. That's yeah. really cool. I've yeah. never heard it described like that. Yeah. And look, I do clips, especially when I first started, or I get a, a new player in. Like, I'll do clips after every game for every player. Um, and if there's, a, if there's a game where I don't do a, some clips for a player, for whatever reason, it might be, well, you know, it's just you, you, you do the same as last week. So they'll come and ask me. They strangely wear me clips because they get used to the clips after every game and they want it. Yeah. Whereas the boys, if you're not doing clips for them, they're, they're not going to come and ask you. Not <laughs> generally. You might get a select. The great few. ones will. The great ones. Because the ones that live and breathe it. Yeah. yeah, that's. Um, but, but as that's an overall, the girls they love it and they want they want to get better. They want to be the best yeah. that they can in their position. And um, so it's yeah, it's it's for me, it's it's really rewarding. I like the sound talking to you. I'm I'm. I mean, I've known you for a while, but I've never spoke this deep about your love of the detail here. 
coaches that have influenced you in this space. Yeah. Let's let's talk about that because I'm I'm really big on encouraging any of the coaches listening just to surround themselves with good coaches, yep. good mentors. Yeah. Who have you had in that space? Well, look to start with heaps, like you know, hundreds probably. To be honest, like yeah. I'll go to you know Robbo's training sessions and pick things up from him. Um, I'll also go down you know, um, Wyong or, or the entrance or Berkeley Vale and watch an under-10s coach and pick things up from them. Yeah, like right. there's always yeah. things, the way I look at it, that you can pick things up. Um, yeah. So as a coach, for me, um, it's about, you know, I've got my style, which, you know, everyone's got their style. They're not going to, yeah. that's not going to change, but it's about putting information in um, that complements your style. So, so there's a lot of people, but the main, there's probably a, three to be honest that come to mind that have really heavily influenced me and when I started um, working for the Roosters I'd come down and um, when when um, Craig Fitzgibbon Fitzy was our great man oh, mate great great fella and he was a defensive coach um, as yeah. you'll obviously know yeah. um, for Robbo's team so I'd watch all the things he'd do and everything he'd do like from his tackle tech you know to his to his marker systems and A and B edge defense middle D um, everything was really detailed with Fitzy, the way he'd break it down to the players. Um, yes. So I'd watch that, then I'd, you know, chat to him, and this is the type of guy Fitzy is, he's always got time for people. Yes. So he'd, um, I'd... Actually, pause. Fitzy, if you're watching, you better be on this show next. <laughs> you're welcome anytime. Yeah, get, get him on. He's Great, man. Sorry to cut you off. No, but mate, you he's just opened up to invite yeah. Fitzy on this show, because yeah. I've worked with Fitzy when he was... Uh, I worked at the Roosters some time ago when Fitzy was the defence coach, so, yep. so detailed. And then I'd worked at Penrith when Cam Serraldo was a defence coach, so, so detailed. Yep. Who yep. gets a lot of mentoring from Fitzy. And, yep. and, yep. and it's no coincidence that Roosters' best defensive team yep. win back-to-back -back premierships. Ciro, yep. best defensive team. A lot of Fitzy stuff. Yep. Best defensive team. Yeah. You know. Yeah. three premierships so Fitzy's had a great influence on on me as well yep and we work together with the origin team and we work together here but I love him as a bloke like yeah. just yeah just um but I, I and I know now when even I asked you who's influenced you I know why because he gives time to people gives like Fitzy gives his time yep it's not that hard that's another lesson to listeners if you're in a position to give someone time it's amazing what influence that will yeah. have or impact that will have yeah you know so sorry to cut you off no mate Fitzy, no he's, we could do a, a whole segment on we that could he's, he's so good like you said and for me i never felt like i was intruding or bugging him he was yeah. just and i you know and i'd say mate you know that tackle tech you did over the ball there and you turn this way or whatever it was yeah and then he'd break it down and and the thing i loved about fitzy is he knows exactly why he's doing everything or asking the players to do everything which is yeah. key you know yeah. and i've seen some players oh sorry coaches at high levels do certain things, and then I've had a chat to them, and, and they don't quite understand it. Yeah, they'll do it because they've seen other they've teams seen do it. it you know, yeah. well they've seen it on TV, so they'll do it, but they don't fully understand it. So that yeah. the best coaches, um, you, you've for any coach, whether it's under under nines or NRL or NRLW, whatever, um, you've got to understand, really understanding great detail what you want your players to do. Yeah. And even if you don't understand all of this, but if you understand this. Then yeah. that's what you need to give to the players, yes. because the minute you give players something that you, d you don't understand, yes. you'll lose them. Hundred you know, percent, and, and I that's think at any level. That's a great little message you give, because especially at the elite level, players will sniff that on you. So, say well. for example, there's a piece that I totally own. Yep. If a player asks me something about something else, I go, "If I'm not that sure, uh, you know what? We just we need to talk to Rob yep. about that one, or we need to talk to." The attack coach about yep. that one or because they will they'll come and ask questions yeah that yeah but if you're ever presenting or speaking on a certain topic you better know your stuff 100 percent. you better know your yep. stuff and you better truly believe in it yeah because players and you know what i even feel young players would as well definitely oh, they're smart kids these yes. days if you, yeah. you know that they'll sniff uh, they'll sniff a fraud anywhere i yeah. think yeah. um especially elite kids yeah, yeah. you know yeah, so they know. yeah you 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 better know your stuff and yeah. you better truly believe in it and you yeah. better be able to tell them why, yeah. especially if you're coaching women. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, they're, no? they're smarter than us, so yeah. they'll, they'll work you out pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but no, it's so key. And that's what I said. Like, even if 
even if your level, like you don't have to be, a, you don't have to know all this information to be a great coach. You just have to really believe in, in what you do know yeah. and make sure you, you put that across to the players and then you, you can build from there. Yeah. And so you mentioned Fitz. You said you had three. Who else? So Cooper Cronk, um, yep. once again. Cooper, you know, if you're listening, welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. get him on. Yeah. Get Coop's on. Um, yeah, so he's done, he works for, obviously, the Roosters and done some work in particular with our halves. Um, I remember about three years ago, I went and had a chat with him, coffee shop in Bondi, and um, before I was getting involved in the NRLW, um, and I was just picking his brain about, you know, how he played and uh, it, it was probably the best hour I've spent in relation to understanding um, rugby league with someone. Yeah. Because um, he just, he spoke about himself. Obviously, it's pretty well documented. He came through, he wasn't a natural half. Yeah. Um, when he got to Melbourne, he, he had to learn how to play that position. Um, so he's, uh, and his brain is, you know, he's, he explains it sort of like a computer, like it's going through through stages. And he, and he broke it down to me from a house point of view um, the processes that he goes through um, on the back of every play of the ball. You know, it's, a lot of it's determined on the speed of the play of the ball and then what happens around there with markers and, um, and starting points and everything like that. So he, he broke, broke that right down and it was really, it was actually really simple. Yeah. But, you know, and then you, you know, that goes from talking with other NRL coaches and they throw all these complicated things in. But when I spoke to Coop, it's so, it's so simple, but it's so effective in, yes. in, in his approach. Um, and it's also about, same with Fitzy, with Fitzy's defence, how everything's connected, like your markers are connected to A, A and B, yeah. edge and middle, it's, everyone's got to be connected, yeah. um, which is I'm sure what Seraldo was like at yes, Penrith as well, right. you yeah. know, to create that solid wall. Yeah. Um, that's what Cooper was also big on as well, about not just the halves knowing their role, it's the players inside and out, them knowing what the half was doing as well. So it's that, everyone being connected, which is Obviously, for me, that's what I'm, I'm big on. Everyone understanding each other's uh, role, not just not just their own. What a great lesson. Even the fact that advising people to just go and have a coffee with someone. Yeah. Like that one hour was yeah. one of the most influential hours. So yep. I try to get that across on this podcast sometimes. I deliberately do it. I travel the world sometimes to have one hour with someone. Yeah, yeah. I've done that before. Yeah. So uh, I, you've just said, I mean, Cooper Cronk, one of the smartest men you'll yeah. ever meet. I, I get to see him now day to day here at the Roosters. Yep. Um, what a smart decision that was for yep. you. I mean, I can't believe like people don't talk to him about him as much as, yeah. like he, he played nine grand finals, I think. Pretty sure it was yep. nine and won six. Yeah, it's insane. Oh, it's insane. It, and that's origin and, in Australia. And I remember I only ever had a week with him as a player. It was in an All-Stars team, but I remember watching him prepare for a week and I was just in awe of like the detail he was going to. You knew he was going to become yeah. one of the greatest. Yeah, just yeah. in, we talked about it before, the real students of yeah, the game, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. And then to watch him from afar and then to then get to see him coach and stuff and yeah. talk to him. Like what, but what a lesson you gave around uh, just take an hour and have a reach out yeah. to someone. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, I'm have a coffee with them. Yeah. And you also mentioned the word connected. That's another thing we, we've we covered with a lot of coaches on this show is that the most connected team wins. 100%, you absolutely. Know, so you obviously believe in it because you've won premierships and your women's team that won the premiership. Talk to me about their connection because that seemed pretty special from an outsider watching. Yeah. And I've been in your building and I've seen some values you have written. You have values as you walk up the stairs. Yep. And uh, talk to me about that because I want to hear from you. These listeners have heard me say it too many times. The most yeah. connected team wins, but yeah. you've had a connected team. Tell me yeah. about it. Look, we have. And I'll just, um, to jump into that, I'll talk about the, the third person, which is which is connecting to what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, it was actually my wife Adele. Um, she's a school teacher, knows nothing about, or she would claim she's an expert at rugby league. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, well, she's, she's raised a couple she, of she NRL has, players. <laughs> she has. She's from uh, the UK. She was a track athlete over there. Said so no, nothing about rugby league, but yeah. she's a school teacher at Bato Bay Primary School. So when Ethan's, when Ethan, him and his mates um, got into school footy at primary school, yeah. Adele said, "Can you come in and coach them?" I said, "Yeah, of course." You know, I coached most of them on a weekend. Yeah. So I remember rocking up to the first session, lunchtime at school, um, and I started, I had, you know, I had my spine there, and I'm going, right, are we going to do this? We're going to get to this little area, and we're going to put this play on. And Anyway, then Adele just stopped me and cut me off and said, um, 
Jimmy to another kid who didn't play league, he soccer, you know, school footy. That yeah. Some kids play AFL and soccer, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so do you understand what John just said then? And anyway, I'm there thinking, come on, Adele, just let me coach here. I'm coaching all these boys that know what they're talking about. And he sort of, everyone looked at him and he went, all right. And she said, John, you need to explain it to him. And in my brain, I'm thinking, the kid's going, I'm going to put him on the wing. You know, it's like, he doesn't yes. really need to know. Anyway, so I kept talking and then um, explaining a bit more. And then Adele cut me off again. But hey, hang on. Billy, do you know what John's talking about there? And I'm thinking, once again, this kid's come from AFL. He's not going to. Yeah. Anyway, but through that process... Uh, and then she obviously spoke to me later on. Being a school teacher, the, what I learned from her, and this is going back probably eight, nine years now, because Ethan was nine, um, the importance of making sure that every player on that field feels a part of it for one, yeah. um, and they're all connected, and they all know what the coach is actually asking, even if they're a centre and they're not needing to know what the front row is doing, or as in to do that on the field, but to understand. Yeah. So I took that message... Um, through to my coaching so we go back to that season that we won the comp um in 21 we um with the nlw side we we started off our first two games we lost our first two there was back then there was only six teams in it yeah. so he had played five rounds um so we're under the pump um and i remember going to training um the next training session after we'd lost our second game and and adele was like oh so you know how are you going because we had a couple of players out with COVID but we still needed to, you know, win. And now Corbin Baxter was one. She was back that week, which I knew was going to help. But there was a little bit of a disconnect, you know, which, which can happen when you, when you start off a season like that and you're not winning. Yeah. And then Adele said to me, how are you going with the girls? Are they, they happy? And I said, oh, yeah, I'm just, you know, yeah, someone's got a bit of an issue coming back from COVID. And she says, no, no, how, how are they going? Like, how are they going off the field? And I said, oh, I, don't, I don't know, like, for me, I'm footy, everything's footy. I'll, I'll talk to them when I get the training and I'll say, you need to work on this, that yeah. and the other. He said, well, you got an hour and a half the car, why don't you ring some of them and see how they're going? Not to do with footy. I went, all right, no worries, you know, all right then, sweet. So anyway, um, I think I rang most of the girls that I could get a hold of and just said, how are you going? And, and we got the training and there was just a, a, a different aura, there's a different feel when we started. A little, everyone was a little bit more relaxed, everyone was a little bit more happy because I just spoke to girls about what they were doing at uni, you know, kids, how's your kids going and stuff like that and, and it was a, once again, it was my wife Adele's way of... That influence. That, that influence, mm. that she knows what I'm like when I'm coaching, it's just pure footy. But she also saw at that time that um, I needed to help these girls connect. So I needed to connect more with them yeah. and then help them connect. So, um, yeah, and then we went on and we won that game against the Knights and we won the next one. Uh, we got into the, um, and we started to build momentum. We yeah. started to really grow together as a, as a group, the staff and players. Went into that semi-final um, against the Broncos, the unbeatable team. They'd won every premiership. Um, we didn't stand a chance. Um, and we come up with a game, game plan that were, <laughs> was funny, actually, that they had guns that were stacked. Um, we had a good side as well, yeah. but they had all the, the you know the gun players and and I um, said to the coach, this is going to be our game plan. It's going to be going to play with a lot of width. Um, we're going to move the ball around a lot. That's the only way we're going to beat the Broncos. Um, and I said, well, put it this way, and they're kind of looking at me, going, oh, okay, it's a bit risky, you know. I said, put it this way, we're either going to win or we're going to get flogged. But it's a semi-final. We're going to go down swinging. So 13 minutes into the semi-final, uh, we're down 16 nil. Uh, we had one player sent to the bin for 10, and I'm sitting there going, well, I think I know which way this is I going. I think we're getting flogged. Well, you know, that's the way it was. But, um, and then it's the, it's, it's the girls, they never, ever, and I spoke to them after this game. We ended up coming back and winning the game. Obviously, yeah. And they did not doubt at all uh, that they were going to win that game at all. They just had a real belief and a confidence in, in each other that I just felt that... Um, you know, it wasn't just footy. It was about them being connected off yeah. the field and on. Um, yeah, and we went on to win that game. It was a brilliant game of footy, not just because he won. It was a really good game of, of footy. You yeah. know, at that time, the, all, everyone was talking about it. It was probably the best standard of women's footy at uh, that time. And then we went on to um, play the Dragons, who'd been really good all year. And, yeah. and um, we, we got over them as well. But, yeah, so that was just a short season, but from being really disconnected, um, and little fractions here or there coming yeah. together um, off the field, putting that together on the field, um, and then obviously getting the result. It, it was really special. Well, 
there's so much in what you just said. I'm going to go way back to your wife, Adele, to start with, because that's a real lesson to any coach, any teacher. There's so many times, John, I've, I've listened to coaches say, oh, I told them that. Oh, we spoke about that. We said that. Oh, they didn't yeah. do that, but we already spoke about that. Yeah. And over time and lessons I've had off some great mentors and great coaches, my response is, well, it depends. If I know them well enough and they, they're open to help, yep. my response to that person is, did they actually learn it? Yep. Which is what Adele was basically saying to you when you were coaching those kids. And did that kid actually understand it? So mm. it's fair enough saying yep. the whatever it is, the detail. Yeah. But the challenge for any teacher or any coach is, did they learn it? Yep. That's the key. So, yep. how did you present it? Did it yeah. did it stick? Yep. Did the did it, you know? So, yeah. your wife has just given you the best lesson to share on here is 100%. to any coaches. Not so much did you because some teachers and coaches and trainers can talk and talk and talk and well, talk, talk right? at players and not yeah. to them. So, if you're asking yourself after every night when you leave training, you go home say, did they learn it? Yeah. Is a great lesson yeah. that you went to there. It, it really is. good lesson. And then the bit about connecting away from, I mean, one of the best uh, mentors I've had, and he's been on the show, uh, one of the most listened to episodes is Wayne Bennett. Yep. Who, if you talk to any player that's ever played for Wayne, he's like the godfather. Yeah, he's yeah. like the father figure. Yeah. And that's because he cares about them as a person. Yeah. And like you did that mm. brought start you started to feel more connected to yeah. him yeah uh, wayne was very much big on that yeah um there's some other you know ivan's so big on that he, yeah. he's so big on that and and you know i know i know robbo is here he's in a club where he's big i mean he's had his influences in that space as well yeah. but yeah that, there's something in that that i think if you invest as much time into that connection piece as you do the X's and O's, yep. you, it's powerful, yeah. right? Yeah, like, well, like, you need it. You need it both. That's yeah, one thing I've realised. I'm yeah. very technical and, you know, everything about footy's got a reason and everything like that. But if you don't have that connected group. Um, yeah. and, and the understanding, I say to my players all the time, I want you to challenge me. So whatever I tell you, I don't want you to just nod and go, yeah, I want you to think about it. Yeah. And then if you think... Uh, there's a there's a different way or a better way. I need you to, I need you to ask me because I need them thinking. I need them to absorb it. I need them thinking about everything I've said. Yeah. And I say to the players all the time, I love questions, love them. Yeah. You know, and even if there's a big group, if I'm explaining something and you're not sure, please ask, because I'll explain it again. Or if if you're not sure, there might be two or three others that aren't sure. Yeah. And I want to make sure that every single player knows their role, um, and the team's role as well. Yeah. I mean, then there's some great influences on the detail side, like yeah. you said, Fitzy, you know, so yeah. getting the mix. So for me, that was Brian Smith. Yeah. The detail of Brian Smith, who also influenced a lot of coaches like Trent Robinson. And, yeah. And the list goes on and on and on. So for me, that was Brian Smith. But but uh, like you said, you've mentioned the detail there of Fitzy. You've mentioned some lessons there from your wife. You've mentioned yeah. the, the detail yeah. of Cooper. Like if you can get it together yeah, and then do it in your own authentic way and be 100%. yourself. Yeah. You know, you can't just go and copy something. No, you can't. You've got to be yourself. Yeah. So you've got your own unique way that's proven. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't mind going down your belief on the values that I see when I walk in your, your office. Yeah. Uh, and how much you get your team buying into those or are they just words on the wall? Obviously, they're not because you yeah. won. Uh, I've said that on here before. There's Every team's got words on the wall, but yeah. the ones that live and win. Yeah, yeah. So can you talk me through a bit of that? Do yeah. you invest a lot of time in that space? Yeah, we do, definitely. Like for me, every, and every club wants to do this, I guess. You want to recruit um, trustworthy people, people that yeah. you know that when you put, it, you put them out there on the field, um, that they're going to look after their teammate. That's a big thing for me. And I say this all the time to the girls that come in, um, Oh, look, we've got a squad of 24, there's 17 that are going to be picked each week. I'm not going to put anyone on that field that I don't believe um, the rest of the teammates have their trust in. They're just not. And I've said it to them, I said, I'll play with 16, I'll play with 15, if yeah. that's all we've got. Yeah. So the importance of the, the trust is, is massive. Um, you know, and then, you know, through trust, you've got to believe in the people around you. Um, yeah. yeah, so there, there's, there's obviously those values that, we, that we've got, at, you know, in the Roosters. We've created... Yeah, our own ones amongst the, you know, we've, we've 
the girls have done that themselves. Yeah. You know, come up with these values that you see on the on the stairs yeah. um, as we go into our video room. That you know we did actually wanted the girls every session before they go in the team meeting. It's ingrained. They're looking at it. You know. I like that. I walked up your stairway and mm. on each stair. I mean, we don't have to give away all your team's values, but on on each stair is the words as you're walking yeah. up, and then yeah. the challenge is to live it. Because, yep. like I said, I've seen so many facilities around the world and and lived some. Yeah. And the good ones, they live what's on yeah. the wall, and yeah. they end up winning. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, the definitely. Other the other ones, not so good. Or the average would they would have the probably the same words sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They haven't invested in it. Yeah. They don't live it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I noticed that you must really believe in it because I walked through your office there and seen yeah. it. And can I just, we mentioned some really good coaches. Can I just drop a couple of names from your female space? Because yep. I'm very grateful, to be honest, because they are so inspiring young girls, including my own daughter. Yep. And uh, a group of girls that I know of that age that are so inspired by women that you've coached. Isabel Kelly. Yep. Can you tell me about Isabel Kelly? Because you just see her and you... Like if she is her presence in front of young girls, she's an inspiration just by yeah. her presence. Yeah. But can you tell me about her work ethic or any little lessons that may, may if any of these young girls are listening, yeah. your take on Isabel Kelly? Yeah. She's a true professional. I like started coaching her in 2020 when we created that Harvey Norman team on the Central Coast. Um, and she really looks after her, her body. Um, yeah. She... You know her preparation well she's actually lucky because her husband is our head of performance s and c um gotcha. Jake Callister. Yes, so he's yes, yes. yeah so she's she's really lucky there but she's she looks after herself she does um you know she goes to the gym every day she does her stretching um you know um she goes in and does the ice baths after training and everything like that so she really prepares her diets you know very good as well so she's been a really good influence not just on the on the younger girls as, as you mentioned there, she's helping out the, um, your daughters in our 17s, Lucifer side on the coast. Yeah. She's helping um, a couple of the other girls with that coaching. But um, the girls that come into the NLW space, um, she's really been a strong influence on them. She's been a strong influence on my daughter, Jazz, who's a few years younger than Izzy. Yeah. But just introducing her into the gym, you know, and trying to become an athlete. Um, so her preparation... She looks so strong. She is. Strong athlete. Yeah. You only need to look at Isabel and you know that she's diligent in all those areas. She is. And what about the... Um, what about... I feel like I've listened to her speak occasionally. She speaks very well. Yep. How is she... So she's your captain. Yep. How does she handle that? I mean, because everyone's different. Yeah. She needs to be unique to herself. Yeah. There's all different types of captains. Yeah. But what's she like? Because I've seen her public speaking, very yep. impressive. Yeah. What's she like in the building? For the me, I, I love having her as a captain because, um, yeah, she doesn't talk for the sake of it. I love you that. Know? Some people definitely do. They go, oh, I've got the C next to my name. I, I better say something here because yeah. I'm the captain. Yeah. She doesn't do that. Uh, obviously, on the field, she leads by example. But at training, she leads by example. Um, in everything that she does. Um, but what's, what's most impressive for me is, like I'll, I'll have my chat before the girls go out before a game and then I'll leave them. And then they'll circle up and I'll leave it to Izzy to have yeah, the final say. And she's very clear and very direct. She doesn't mince her words either. Um, she uses yeah. language that I don't, which is, yeah. which is cool. Really? Yeah, you yeah. know, she's the player. And, yeah. um, but she's very clear and the girls certainly uh, do respect her. Um, because of certainly how she plays and trains. But, yeah, very clear and direct. And then even behind the posts, you know, if she's not happy with the girls, she'll let them know. Um, yeah. But not in, a, in a, you know, in an abusive way or pulling anyone down. She'll just go, you know, this isn't good enough or, we, you know, we lost her inside shoulder there, we've got to be better or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, very clear. So it's not personal. It's no, it's not personal. Very clear. Yeah. yeah, because she has... Like the expectation that she has on herself, um, like one game this year, um, she got beaten. She never gets beaten. She's best defender in the women's space. Yeah. She got beaten once and, um, and then she said to me after the game, what happened? Anyway, so I cut some clips and showed her and, and um, I said, look, it's just because of this. You come up and you give this shoulder away a little bit and she's like, oh, yeah, no worries. No, most players don't do that. Like it wasn't yeah. beaten for someone to score. It was just they got on the outside and then the winger just tackled her two metres that way. 
Yeah. But in her mind, um, because she's so um, obsessed about being the best out yeah. there, which is why she has been, the, you know, one of the best for so long, she wanted to know. And then I just spoke to her and cut some clips and showed her, and she's like, "Sweet, no worries." Yeah. And she will continue to do that. Um, and, and just around a, a preparation, like she's built her body up to be a really powerful center. So mm. I had a chat to her a couple of months ago, without giving too much away at the moment about her potentially playing a different role for, for us next year. Yeah. Which means a bit more running. Yeah. Um, and I said, how do you feel? Because you've built yourself um, into this powerful centre. Um, and she's like, yep, that's fine. I'll speak to Jake and, and he'll, get me, he'll get me ready for that, position, for that position. So she's, in her mind, she's like, yeah, sweet. I'll get my body ready to play that position if, if that's what you need. Yeah. Like, you know, that's... Well, what I love just from asking you about, I mean, I've... I know a brief, you know, bump into her yeah. or whatever, but I've never observed her like you do day to day. But what I love listening to that is leaders, first of all, take care of their own job. Yep. And they own it, which she does. Yeah. To, and wants to be the very best to the yep. point one missed tackle and she wants to yeah, yeah. know why. Yeah. Um, very, very diligent. But you mentioned there the key that I love about leaders is making others better. Yeah. So before you even went to that path of her and her diligence, whatever you said, how she made your own daughter better. Yes. You know, that, for me, the, the superstars that build themselves up as a superstar, but then the real leaders want to make someone else better. Yep. And I've sensed both in that. And then they're also, they're not afraid of a tough conversation either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's no wonder why she's your captain because yeah. you pretty much ticked every box there you want as a leader. Yeah. You know, so... Um, Isabel, if you're listening, you're welcome on the show as <laughs> She's well. Up Jeez, next. we've had some shout outs, haven't we? We've got guests coming. We've got Fitzy, Coop, and Izzy yeah. lining up. <laughs> uh, so, who else in that team? I mean, I see you recruited Millie Boyle. I've, she, yep. she seems like a great leader as well. Another one who leads by example, takes care of herself, the yeah. ultimate performer, winner, like just yeah. won premierships everywhere. Yeah. You know, Millie, if you're listening. Um, any like have you got anything on Millie or anyone else Jess Sergis I know very yep. inspirational player to the young girls they're the type of names that most of them are familiar yep. with or yep. is there any other names that we're not so familiar with yet who in your eyes yep. is superstar of the yeah well, there, there is um but I guess firstly with, with Millie yeah like you said true professional yeah like she's it's off season now but she's training every day I know, you know like she's, she's in the gym she's running yeah down here um, with her and Kelly Davis uh, yesterday they want to do some extra skills work you know I like guess yeah. December yeah. you know that's what I that's that's what I love you know you want to get better let's go um, yeah. and that's that's so I love coaching her because she's got that attitude yeah um, Keely Davis another one I just mentioned there um, she's got the same attitude and that's why those girls are you know origin players and, and Jill Roos yeah um, and Jess yeah Jess is um, yeah Jess is a bit different she's um, She's that player. I reckon every club's got one. I yeah. reckon Robbo's got one now in um, in maybe um, Brendan Smith, and you know that little bit a little bit um, loose in relation to you're not sure what you're going to get with Jess all the time on the field, but that's what makes her so good. Yeah. Like she is just a, a freak of a, a person who can you know just yeah. turn a game just like that. Um, so yeah, so uh, it's exciting. You have them too, right? Yeah, 100%. She's, she's the ex fan. Look, we spoke to me about it before. You love yeah. coaching her, right? Yeah, but yeah. she's, you know, we missed her this, this year um, with her injury. You know, we had a few girls out um, this year, but she was a big out for us. Yeah. You know, we had her and Izzy really working all year, getting us out of yardage, and just their carries are amazing. Um, yeah. And then, you know, Jess at the other end was finishing tries off, and I think yeah. Jess had her best season this year, to be honest, ever in NRLW. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's. Um, yeah, the first season I coached Jess, I was sitting in the box going like that. Now it's just like, sweet, you go for it, you yeah. know, because she's just going to create things and uh, for people around her. So, yeah, so she's um, yeah, another one there. But some younger girls, I've like got uh, Tavana Papali. She's a girl. Um, she was in our squad this year but did a ACL, unfortunately, right. um, a couple of weeks before round one. Yeah. So I've got really big uh, raps on her. She's uh, was Australian school girls captain last year. Yep. She was going to be again this year. She was up at the Nationals and um, in the last game did her ACL. So she's, um, you know, I think she'll be a really good half coming yep. through. So um, she's very direct. 
she plays direct, she's a great defender, um, she's got a really good attitude um, towards attacking defenders, which I want halves to do. Yeah. Um, go back to my own son, that's what he's, as a half, he always wanted to attack the defence. He was never a half that wanted to play before, he wanted to take him on. So I actually see similarities with Tavana and, and my son. You just mentioned something that I've probably, I know we're talking about the women's, but there's a little lesson here for parents, because you just mentioned your son trained as a half, but you've got to be ready to play other positions, right? Yeah. Didn't he play as a centre in that Origin game? He did. In that, in yeah. that New South Wales under 20s? Under 19s. Under 19s. Yeah. And he was the best player on the field. I think he won the man of the match. Yeah. And so he's trained as a half, but he has to play centre. I have this thing with trying to convince um, young coaches yeah. that are developing athletes play them in yeah. multiple positions because you never know where they're going yeah. to have to play. Oh, look, absolutely. And for Ethan, obviously coaching me at a young age, like I was probably a little bit obsessed with, um, for that age, with how I coached in relation to, like I said, it was nothing about the team winning or anything like that. It was about um, them being able to tackle left and right shoulder the same. Pass, flat and spiral, both. This is all the kids. Yeah. And Ethan was no different. So making sure you can transform transfer the ball and fend, yeah. step off both. So so with him, um, and I didn't know what position he was going to be, and I used to say to him, when he was 15, he was, he was tiny. Um, and I said, mate, when you get to 18, when your body finishes growing, that'll determine more so where you're going to play. Yeah. But through this period of growing up, I want to make sure that, that you can play any position play on anyway. the field. Um, and he'd, before that Origin game, he'd only ever played two games in the centres in his whole good. life. Yeah. Um, but... He understands the game and he's a footballer and, you know, he could play lock, fullback. Yeah. Uh, I think his best position is a running 5'8". But right. um, the main thing is you don't want to ever want to pigeonhole kids. Yeah. You know, and, and that team I had, I was rotating them every week yeah. into different positions and just getting them to understand the game as a whole, not just in one position, but just developing all their skills. So Brilliant. Um, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's key for coaching kids. And your daughter, what other sports did she play? So she was playing a bit of soccer, um, AFL when she got older. Brilliant. Um, and then, yeah, a little bit of netball as well. Like a lot of the girls sort of go through that path. But then when she found league, it was really interesting because I didn't think she'd be into contact. Yeah. Uh, I've never really seen. Like Ethan so was an aggressive parents think kid. The same. Yeah. Yeah. And um, with her, I'm thinking uh, she'll, you know, she's a pretty quiet sort of girl. Yeah. Um, and then the first game we saw her play, I'm like, what's going on here? And then. I remember one day I spoke to her because I coached her in, um, I was under 15s, we played for Berkeley Vale in yeah. the nines comp at Newcastle. Anyway, she was pretty quick. It's not always going to be an outside back, but she kept running straight into these girls. And it was, um, yeah, there was heaps of space. And I pulled her off the field and said, Jazz, why don't you just like step and try and run around? Yeah. She goes, nah, I just, I just love the contact. So, <laughs> so naturally she's loved, she loves that contact, but a um, but bit different. She didn't play... You know, um, like Ethan played from under sixes, so we could work on, on all these different skills so he can play anywhere. Yeah. She, she started at 15, uh, and she's naturally a, an outside back centre, yeah. centre winger. Um, so, yeah, but, but playing different sports for Jazz was good. You know, catching high balls. I'm a huge believer in it, mate. Yeah, it's so good for a them. Huge believer. Yeah, basketball. Let, let kids play any, like, yeah. multiple sports. Yeah. And that that's what comes out at yeah, the end, yeah. you know. Yeah. Plus with a bit of mum's genetics by the sound well, of it. Well, it's all her apparently. Yeah. yeah. Every time, you know, Ethan's in the gym and this and he'll say, oh, look, I've done this. And she'll say it's because of me. So yeah. it's, all, it's, all, it's all her um, apparently. Yeah. So yeah, but I'll, I'll, that's fine. You can have that. <laughs> Mate, I want to thank you because there's a lot of lessons there. Uh, some people listen to the episodes multiple times, especially the coaches. Yep. And they'll find something each time they listen to that. One thing I noticed, mate, with you is, because I didn't even ask you, where do you see yourself going as a coach? Because I feel you're actually very present. Like, I feel even when you said you fell into this role, you weren't like, you didn't set out to go and do no. it. It's just, no. you just keep true to you and you've got your, obviously your own philosophy that it, it just seems to be taking care of itself. Yeah. So that's a bit of advice that I like to give coaches is to just keep coaching wherever but yep. keep learning like you do but yeah I, I, I don't even need to ask I'm sure you're going to have a whole, whole career of coaching I don't even need to ask where you see yourself unless you wanted to go there because I just feel like 
you can just feel you're totally present. Yeah. Am oh, I right? right. In oh, I love that? love what I'm doing now. And yeah, I can. F- you know, yeah. and I've had offers to go into the men's space um, at other clubs and that over the last couple of years. But I love yeah. what I'm doing. I love working for the Roosters, the the girls that are there. You know, we've got a real mutual respect, um, yeah. which is important to me as well. Yeah. Um, like some of these girls are. St- staying here you know because of me so i want to stay here because of them and obviously the club's been great to me and and i never had any aspirations to to be this coach at any level anyway it's yeah. just something that i love doing right now yeah. and as long as i keep loving it and you know and the, the club want me to stay um i'll just stay where i am if you're ever stuck for anything you just ring your wife a hundred percent She's the one. I don't need to ring her. She'll be telling me. <laughs> if I slip up at any stage, she's there. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Thanks heaps, mate. No worries, Hage. Cheers. Thanks, Good buddy. Some of the best learning you will ever do will be talking and listening over a beautiful glass of red, which brings me to thanking our sponsors at Mortimer's Wines. Mortimer's are a family-owned vineyard in the beautiful region of Orange, New South Wales, Australia. The historic 150-year-old schoolyard building that is now the cellar door it provides a great atmosphere to taste their fine wines visit mortimerswines.com.au some of the best learning you will ever do will be traveling give yourself space time to creatively think to learn to meet people or take a vacation with your family give yourself that time and there's no better person or people or company to help you than the people at Tripadeal. their experienced agents will look after you from start to finish they will plan your flights your accommodation your car your excursions whatever you need if you want to plan a trip of a lifetime Tripadeal is the place to go tripadeal.com.au